It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a special pregame edition of Locked on Wild and Locked on Blackhawks, part of the Locked on Sports Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you for making both Locked on Wild and Locked on Blackhawks your first listen each and every day. Just a reminder, you can find both shows on your favorite podcast platforms absolutely free of charge. On today's special pregame episode, we dive into tonight's game between the Minnesota Wild and Chicago We'll see how both teams are doing heading into this matchup, keys, and plenty more to get to as well. My name, of course, is Seth Topol, your daily Minnesota Wild insider, joined by Jack Bushman, the host of Locked on Blackhawks. And Jack, it we're in kind of that same mode that we've been for the last couple of years. Obviously, going back five or ten years, this was a rivalry that really, we saw everything that we possibly could have. Uh, with the rivalry, it was an intense rivalry, uh, a great one, although I uh, got a little tired of Corey Crawford. Uh, but now Chicago trying to kind of get themselves back up to the top. So we, uh, we've we already seen these two teams square off once this year. But just give me kind of the – give us the Cliff Notes version of what has gone well and what hasn't so far for uh, Chicago to this point in the season. I think we have three wins since we last <laughs> talked a month and a half ago. So not much has gone well, Seth. I'll tell you that. Um, it, it's been tough sledding for the Chicago Blackhawks after getting off to that little shocking start, 4-2-0 and through six games. Yeah, they've lost 18 of 21 since then. It, it hasn't been pretty, and um, a, a lot of things have plagued this team. The offense has just gone absolutely dry. The goal scoring, it's... It's tough. I think they've scored – well, they just potted three last night against the Capitals. That gives them four in their last four games now. Uh, so the offense has not been very good. Patrick Kane even only has two goals in his last 20 games. Jonathan Taves has one in his last nine, and those two guys were really hot to open up the year. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's been tough for the Blackhawks. They lost Seth Jones on the defensive side of things. They've been injured in net two. Peter Morazic and Alex Stalock both – feels like haven't been healthy at the same time so far this season. So they've gotten a lot of starts out of their third string goaltender, Arvid Soderbloom, who has actually looked pretty good, especially for a 23 year old with this team in front of him. But it's just become reality of what we thought was going to happen with this Blackhawks team going into the season on paper. It didn't look like this offense was going to be able to score enough. That's really been an issue the past couple of weeks here, the defense, there's still some holes there. And it's difficult. I mean, you got Jack Johnson playing top pairing minutes with Seth Jones. And it's just not for Seth Jones. I'm not going to get into the whole debate because I could literally go on a spiral about how people feel about him. (laughs) But you got to give him some compliment. He's not a guy who can go out there and lead defensively on his own. He's had to play with an old Jack Johnson. There's been some injuries on the blue line, too. So it's been really tricky for the Blackhawks, man. Not going to lie. It's been tough. And. I don't know how it's going to get much better. I think there's, you know, games where they're capable of, you know, squeaking a couple more through than they have here as of late, but the tendencies that they have, there's still far too many moments where they have just little breakdowns and little letdowns that really plague them. And when you're a team who just can't score consistently enough, those are really going to burn you. So it's left the Blackhawks in a tough spot, man. And 
Um, it's, it's, yeah, you mentioned earlier, this hasn't really been much of a rivalry the past couple of years because this is what the Blackhawks have been going through. Unfortunately, this is kind of just another year of the same, Seth, but it's not too sh- shocking. This was all part of the plan. So as tough a pill it is to swallow, I don't think anyone can really be blindsided by this Blackhawks team not finding that much success. Yeah, it's it's just where they're at as a franchise. And, you know, you, you see this with the likes of Arizona. Uh, Anaheim has be kind of fallen to that level as well. It's just until you can get some of those young players developed and ready uh, to contribute at the NHL level, it's just going to be a struggle to kind of compete against those teams that have more talent and are better, you know, one through six or even the bottom two lines as well. So it's it's been tricky, I'm sure, but uh, I would imagine you're you're getting excited to see some of the uh, the young guys that can step in and can kind of help lead the uh, this franchise into the future. Uh, albeit hoping, I'm sure, for uh, one name in particular to be added to that list here uh, come NHL draft time. Absolutely. And listen, at least there's a plan in place right now. For us Blackhawks fans, we didn't really know what we were trying to do the last four or five years. At least now there's no surprise Kyle Davidson outlined and mapped through how this whole thing was going to go. Now, did he directly say this is going to be, you know, a team that's tanking out here? No, but based on the moves that he made, no one can really be shocked that this is the result from this team. But again, it's all part of the plan. We know this is going to be a process. It's going to take multiple years. And so far, based on what Kyle Davidson did in last year's draft um, and what he's been able to do and add to the prospect pool too via trade and, and stuff, I really like the moves that he's made for the for the most part. I mean, the Blackhawks already have two first round picks in next year in the first round of next year's NHL draft, and I think there's the potential that they could have four. Seth, if Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane are getting traded, I, I wouldn't rule that out of the conversation. So, at least we know you know what this team is building towards now, and this is just unfortunately part of the building blocks leading to brighter days. This is something that you have to go through, and unfortunately, we're in the midst of it right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you mentioned the the general manager and, and ownership having a plan that can kind of trickle down to the head coach as well, and Luke Richardson getting a chance to lead this team. I know it's tough with the overall win-loss record, but do you feel like he is the guy to lead this team going forward, or do you feel like he's a good fit for kind of where this team is at and where they need to go? You know, I I think the jury is still out on that question and we're we're probably a year or two away from having any real indication. But the one thing I will tell you is that no one's, no one said a bad word about Luke Richardson, even during this 18, you know, this skid that the Blackhawks have been on the past couple of months, no one's blaming Luke Richardson. And, You know, while the team hasn't maybe taken a a step overall in some areas, particularly on the defensive side of things, being an NHL defenseman that played a thousand games, I would probably like to see the Blackhawks tighten it up a little bit more defensively than what we've seen so far this year. But at the same time, as I mentioned earlier, we we got Jack Johnson out there. Jared Tenorti is playing everyday games for the Chicago Blackhawks. Half of your listeners probably have no idea who he is. Like it's just not in, it's an inept defensive core that the Blackhawks have right now. And it's, and that's kind of the the narrative for the team. 
we knew this was how it was probably going to go. Is the head coach really going to make that much of a difference on this type of team? And that's kind of the hard part about one or figuring out is Luke Richardson the right guy? I don't really know at this point, but I really like everything that um, he brings to the table. I really like his relationship that he has with players. The players certainly enjoy playing for Luke Richardson. I know not a lot of guys have talked about that lately with all the losses they've compiled, but in training camp early on in the season, players, everyone had good things to say about Luke Richardson. He commands respect, but at the same time, he's not dogging you. He's not playing mental games with you as a coach. He's a former player himself, so he kind of knows that each guy is their own you know, person and has different personalities. You know, some guys he can be harder on, some guys he can be, you know, has to be a little bit closer with, but he recognizes that. And I think that's the best part about him is as a head coach, he, you know, knows that the locker room in, it has to be a comfortable place. And in order for that to happen, he has to make sure that everyone is held to the same standard in their own different ways. And Luke Richardson just commands that overall respect so well Um, that I I have hope that he is going to be the right guy, but the X's and O's, you know, that's what we're going to have to figure out in a couple of years. So I I like him as a coach right now. Um, I think he is a good guy to have through this rebuild and time's going to tell if he's, you know, the one to uh, be behind the bench, calling the shots when the Blackhawks hopefully open that window once again. Sure. Um, Tell you what, let's, uh, let's sneak a pause in. Then we got to talk about some of the X's and O's for this game, including Chicago 11th in the league in power play percentage. We'll talk about that and more as we continue today's pregame edition of Locked on Wild and Locked on Blackhawks after this. Today's episode is brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are traffic are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. What's up, guys? Trey Matthews of Locked on Devils here. And let me tell you about Discover Debit Cash Back. Wings for the game? Boom, cash back. New lucky jersey, boom, cash back. Even a last-minute ice run could score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's a guaranteed win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a real game-changer. Check out Transaction Eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit discover bank member fdic continuing today's pregame edition of locked on wild and locked on blackhawks previewing tonight's matchup between these two teams jack i was uh, looking at some stats chicago 11th in the nhl 
in power play percentage and has also scored four shorthanded goals so far this season. So despite the offense kind of taking a bit of a nosedive here recently, how have the Blackhawks been able to keep their power play consistently up near the uh, top 10? Yeah, it's kind of funny. This power play has been hot and cold because um, they just scored a power play goal against the Washington Capitals in their last game. Prior to that, they had gone three in a row without a power play goal. And then in the three games before that, they were six for their last 11. So it's kind of just been up and down. But there, there's a lot of skill out there on the Blackhawks' top power play unit. Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, Max Domi is a guy who leads the team in power play goals right now. I mentioned earlier that shot of his has probably been his best asset so far this season. He's demonstrated that a few times on the power play. Uh, Seth Jones, the Blackhawks, I don't think they've scored a power play goal from a defenseman in in years. It, it really they didn't score one all last season from a defenseman, by the way. But he is a great dish guy, great at setting setting up guys up top and finding Patrick Kane mostly at the dots. Um, but it, it's been the simple plays, getting pucks to the net letting Jonathan Taves and Taylor Radish, who's been a good net front presence as well, letting those guys cause some havoc, take away the sight of the goaltenders. And just the simple plays have been working. When the Blackhawks try to get too fancy, that's kind of when they have some difficulty. And also, one thing that's been really key for this team is getting it off the wall, getting the puck off the wall. If they're cycling it along the wall, they're toast. They never settle it down. They, they got to enter the zone cleanly and keep it off the wall. The dump and chase has not really been good for them. So when they enter cleanly and set it up, that's usually when they're at their best. And we've seen that, that be the way that they've scored a lot of their power play goals here in recent games. Uh, so the power play, yeah, that's kind of been a much-needed offense for the 30th-ranked team in the NHL in goals per game right now. Well, you gotta you got to get goals somehow. Um, on the wild side of things, my worry heading into this game is something that we've seen from the Wild on a couple of different occasions, is going into a matchup like this and not taking care of business to the point of being able to put a game like this away. The big one that I go to, well, actually, there are a couple. San Jose Sharks earlier this year. The Wild ended up losing that game 3-2 in a shootout. They had a 2-1 lead late, lost it, couldn't get anything to go in overtime and lost in the shootout. Had the Anaheim Ducks absolutely on the ropes and lost the lead, had to come from behind, ended up winning that game in the shootout. And so, yes, you're not going to have your best stuff every night, but it is something that I have seen from this team is just, hey, if you go up against a team that you are better than on paper, just take care of business. I I, I go through enough stress on a daily basis as it is to not be having to try to sweat out games that should be like 3-1, 4-1. So that's kind of my worry, and, and it has happened before, so I'm going to be on guard for that uh, in this matchup as well. But at the end of the day, I, I tend to go in favor of the side that has Kirill Kaprizov at their disposal. Um, and so we'll uh, we'll see what he's able to do in this matchup. But it should be fun, and I'm counting down the days until Chicago gets back up to the top of the mountain, and we can really butt heads uh, in these matchups uh, when we get to that point again. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I said earlier, this hasn't been much of a rivalry in the past couple of years. And sadly, I think I've said that about the Blues, the Jets, 
the Predators, the Blackhawks, man, it just seems like, and to be fair, this is usually a, a really good central division. There are a lot of good teams in this division year in and year out. It would definitely be nice to getting back to uh, the ways that it was five, six years ago where it was a really fun battle. Um, because if the Wild bring their A game tomorrow, there's nothing that tells me why they shouldn't beat the Chicago Blackhawks. They look, you know, the Blackhawks, they have moments where they'll they'll show you that fire, and if you let them hang, they can flirt with you. But, again, there are just those breakdowns that they seemingly have on a nightly basis that really tend to swing momentum away from them and kind of get rid of all the hard work they had done. So I expect the wild like you to come away victorious in this matchup, but you know, if they don't play their best, it's also a game where I, I think the Blackhawks could possibly squeak one by. I mean, we saw this game go to overtime the first time these teams met this season. So not the craziest thing in the world, but I agree. I would side with uh, the team that has Kirill Kaprizov, Seth. At the end of the day, we'll see how things play out, but uh, that will conclude today's special pregame edition of Locked on Wild and Locked on Blackhawks. Make sure that you follow along with both shows on your favorite podcast platforms, on YouTube, everywhere you possibly can, because there is nobody that keeps you up to date better on your favorite team than either myself or Jack at Locked on Blackhawks. We are keeping you up to date with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL Podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL Podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.